It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. As the music would denote, it is an Articles of News episode. No, it's not Brother Kyle. It is Mr. Mayor, everyone. He's taken a, a break from his busy writing. Uh, we, we pulled him away from his writer's nook, and he said, yeah, I'll join you for an Articles of News. Mr. Mayor, thank you for being here. You're welcome. You're welcome very much. Uh, you know, it is worth the price of admission on Patreon uh, if you... Uh, are, are a Patreon saint to be able to see what background that Mr. Mayor selects. He oftentimes does a Star Wars themed. Uh, this particular one is not that great, Mr. Mayor. Uh, not that the the things that you have on your fictitious bookshelf aren't great, because it looks like you've got the Chronicles of Narnia, you've got Lord of the Rings and Les Mis. I also you, have my book. Yeah, you've got your book, The Tales of a Paper Boy, up there as well. But but it's close enough either to the shade of you or something else that your it's microphone in keeps out. coming in and out. Yeah, I it's a ghost I love microphone. It. Yeah, I love it when you can't tell. Today I can tell a whole lot. So uh, it, it's worth going on and laughing that. And also another pitch, and this is the last time I'll mention this in this episode, uh, the next episode of the Cultural Hall, the one that we'll publish obviously this after this one, um, is with Brother Kyle's wife. And to be able to see that in the Patreon group is uh, is, a, is a completely different experience than just listening to it, is all I will say. So if you've been sitting on the fence, you've said, well, what's the point? I get the episodes anyway. There's no sort of benefit. Being able to see um, the episodes of the Cultural Hall that we do videos for is, um, is worth it. And I think you should check it out. Go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall what is i need to with- check well i need to check my credit card because i recently had to get a new card ah. and every time that happens i lapse with the with my patreon so i need to go now that you say that i need to go double check that i'm still uh worthy yeah you better patreon. You, you better and we're going to talk all about worthiness in today's episode <laughs> especially with church employment etc uh but i must first know what is what is new with you mr mayor well, after two years of no traveling at all for work, I am now on the road again. We're going to be starting up, moving or moving around the country, and I will. And so maybe in the future, I'll be joining you from different places throughout the country. I don't know. Depends on when Richie wants me to join and where I'm at at the time he wants sure, me to join. Sure. So. Well, always take a microphone with you because, I mean, always it's legitimate. Do. And I find like, I find if you're anything like me, I actually have more time when I'm on the road. Because like once I get back to the hotel, I'm like, well, I, I mean, I guess I could record some episodes or something. Uh, I'm in the same way. In fact, that's what I do. I actually do more writing. I have to I have to push myself to write at home when I'm at home because there's my wife and my dogs and TV and so many distractions that I can easily drag myself away from writing. Um, on the road, you know, once I'm done with work for the day, I usually have a few hours and I can usually get some writing done. So. It's a it's a good it's a good time to write or do podcasts or or other other creative things. The irony for me that uh, you work for a video conferencing company and that now you're going on the road is sort of a, an ironic thing for me. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that, but I'll but some there's some, uh, I will say video conferencing is only good to a point. It's wonderful that we've been able to use it and keep in touch, but there's some it's like going over the final line with relationships. So when it comes to certain relationships, you need to be there. You need to be like, for instance, last week I was, I had a, 
had a client or a person we've been working with for, and it's been six months and we haven't been able to get anywhere and even come to terms where we felt like we were on the same page. It took one dinner. Hmm. By the end of that dinner, we'd solved all the problems. And it's so it's not, it's, there's some things you just can't do over, over video. And I'm not saying that as to take away from what I do for a living. Video is very, very, very important with what we do moving ahead, but there's still some things you still have to do in person. What was that dinner? That, that seems to be part of it too. (laughs) Part of the secret sauce. Yeah. Well, it was steak. We had a lot of, you know, good steak dinner. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll help a lot of those conversations. You know, uh, as we kind of turn it towards anything that might be new with me, uh, if you're ever in the state of Utah and you ever find yourself around Heber, Utah, which is just outside of Park City, which is just outside of Salt Lake, it's about an hour from where I live. Uh, there's a restaurant called The Back 40. The name of the highway that it's on is on Highway 40, and it's the backside of the Wasatch Mountains. You should check out The Back 40. It is a delicious, not overly expensive but delicious place. So is it, is it cafe kind of, is it kind of a two story building? Nope. Kind of cafe. Nope. Okay. That's a different one. That's yeah. I'm not sure what that is. That's uh, it's kind of a great, it's not a greasy spoon. Cause the one no, I'm thinking no, no, of no, is you're, kind of Yeah. That's like spoon. Dick's or Beck's yes. or something like yeah, yeah. that. That's right there uh, on main street in not Heber. Not to take away from the back 40 cause I've never eaten there, but sure. Some of the best grease ever. Is in <laughs> yeah. is in midway. At, I yeah. think it's Dicks. It, yeah. uh, actually, and now that I think about it, it's Chicks. Chicks, Chicks. is the name of the place. Is it Chicks? Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, go check out the back forty. Uh, I digress. Other things that are going on. I have walls in my new house. Very excited. Ooh, uh, they're not they're not uh, mudded walls. They're not painted walls, but they are in fact drywalled you walls. You can't slide through the the rafters. Not nope. the rafters. Nope. The, through the beams beams yeah through the framing yeah i got drywall up so i may actually move one day who knows but for a long time it didn't feel like (laughs) it was going anywhere and now it feels like it's going somewhere so that's kind of exciting well that's awesome the have you come up with a new name yet is are you still going to call it the homesteadio number two 2.0 don't know don't know needs a better name needs a better name i think the patreon i think we should ask patreon uh, the Patreon people and those on Facebook to give some names. What I'd are love some it. names for, for the new studio? Contact at theculturalhall.com if you want to send those along. It didn't dawn on me until last night, but two people have died in my new house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Since you've owned it? No, no, not since I've owned it. <laughs> More since I've owned it. <laughs> Creating murder rooms. In no, the house. previous owners died in the home. They were oh. old and died in the home. So I did it, but for whatever reason, didn't dawn on me that, oh yeah, no, this is the room where, you know, this person died. Oh, in this room over here, this is the room where this p- person died. Maybe, maybe you'll have ghosts. Maybe you'll be haunted. Well, I think that that's why my wife asked me the question because I bought my grandparents' house. So it's my grandparents that both died in their home. Uh, my, my wife asked me, were your grandparents nice people? Cause she had never met them. And she out. She also asked after watching a really terrible, scary um, series on Netflix. Did they have any unresolved business that they might come back for? And I and I said, I, are you, are you afraid that they're going to haunt us? I think we'll be okay. But who knows? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know maybe they maybe they didn't file their taxes. 
yeah. than the last yeah. and they have to get that done that could be unresolved business yeah yeah i think that that's something that like the executor of the trust probably takes care oh, of they okay. don't need to hunt for something like that well well that's you like, said business well you know unfinished business what do you call stuff in life if not business pleasures they have unfinished pleasures that unfinished gets, pleasures. that gets weird that gets sideways real quick unfinished activities also, uh, why does Ryan Hamilton not like me? That's right. That's what I want to know. I was, you know, watching. I was watching. I don't watch. I didn't watch it. I was listening to, haven't finished it, your, the recent episode of you and Brother Kyle, which, by the way, uh, so glad to hear his voice. Yep. Uh, however, um, but, and you'd think that that's what I would get out of it. But no, I came away going, okay, well, why does Ryan, Ryan Hamilton hate Richie? Why does he why, why does he hate? So here is why. A long, long time ago, yet I can still remember how that music used to I make thought you were gonna smile. say in a galaxy park. Ah, see, that's where our minds go different. Uh he was on the uh radio show that I used to work for. And I had known that he had dated another LDS person, a good friend of mine who is a woman. And they had broken up, and I believe that she had broken it up with him and that he was fairly heartbroken about the fact that she had broken it up with him. And because I knew that, I decided to share that with the hosts of the radio show who, while they were talking to him, because they also knew this this woman, they brought it up and said, oh, hey, yeah, what happened with so-and-so? And... Not only was he taken back a little bit, but he knew that the only way that they could have known about that was through me. And he said, you know what? There's no need to bring up any of that. You didn't need to mention that. That's very unprofessional. Shunned. <sighs> Silence from Ryan Hamilton. Oh, wow. He did not. He was probably still really hurting about it. Yeah, could could have been. And And to be fair, I mean, he's right. It was an insensitive thing I did. I didn't, in in fairness to me, I didn't think that uh, on the air that, you know, those people would bring up that thing that he had been dating or and that it hadn't gone well. But, you know, I shouldn't have given them the information to say something about it. So, well, maybe what you could do is invite him on so you can apologize and then. And yeah, then, I, uh, so to be fair, all, I all have invited late. him on the cultural hall since then, and he has said, no, thank you. Oh, so but even yeah. that has been some years. So you know, maybe, maybe that will happen. You know, I should, Olive could be extended. I should also mention. Uh, I just no, like saying Olive Branch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me too. I like it when you say. It makes olive me. Branch. It, it makes me feel like 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 mature and stuff. Yes, like like you know things, like you know yeah. terms. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention uh, no update yet on the lawsuit. If you were also curious about that. Uh, what the deal with the lawsuit is, uh, I can't. I I can't and probably shan't give you more details about that, except to say that since the last time I shared that information, the lawsuit has not gone any further. So, I look forward to the day when I can tell you a little bit more about that and share just just the <laughs> fun nature of some things. When you get an email and you're thinking, "Boy, this is clearly spam." Oh, oh, no, no, oh, no, this is legitimate. And then you call the number and go, oh, this is how much? Oh, 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 all right. Well, we're going to have to figure a way through this. So, so good luck. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't, you can't talk too much about it. So yeah. all I can say is 
Good luck. Yeah, break a leg, right? Is that what you say? Yeah. For actors and for lawsuits, it's break a leg. Break a leg for lawsuits. Lawsuits for break a leg. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Tons of uh, maybe just one-off real quick stories uh, to let people know about. Uh, If you are, and I know I said I wouldn't mention it again, but it's worth noting, a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall, it is very easy for you to go back and to be able to listen to the episode where we interview one of the elders that baptized Jody Arias. Now, if you don't know who that is, that's the woman who is now in jail, prison, I think, technically, uh, down in Arizona for killing her member of the church boyfriend. That has resurfaced, that story, uh, into um, into the news. Apparently some new details have come out, uh, but that shows you the kind of depth and breadth that we have here in the Cultural Hall. You can find that episode super easy. Uh, Elder Jensen is his name, uh, and it's actually, I don't know if you know this or not, Andrew, that's actually the most listened to episode of the Cultural Hall by wow. several thousand. We, we I don't were, know how I would know that, but we we were featured on Headline News, and they shared the Cultural Hall uh, when that episode dropped because there's a picture of Jody Arias and Elder Jensen in his baptismal whites, you know, standing outside of the font like you do with all your converts. Uh, and one of my favorite things in the episode that if you go back and listen to. Uh, you can hear us say, well, you know, what did you think? And he's like, well, I certainly didn't think she was a murderer. (laughs) And and to be fair, when he baptized her, she was not a murderer. It was after the baptism. I I think if he had a feeling that she was a murderer, you know, as much as missionaries love a baptism, I doubt, (laughs) I doubt that they'd go, you know, I think she's a murderer, but we can let her do this. Let's get this done. Let all (laughs) of your sins be washed away, Mr. Mayor. That's right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. That's where it starts to get into that kind of gray area a little <laughs> bit. Like, yeah, sort of, but also like murder. So, like maybe not. I I've never heard murder. Well, I guess it would be one of the the. I mean, it's one of the seven would, deadly, right? Well, well, it would be one of the baptismal questions in the guise of like serious sins that have not been unresolved or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. Uh, another quickie. Just real, real, real off the cuff and real quick here. Uh, happy 175th anniversary to the Mormon Battalion. All right. Way uh, to go, Mormon a, Battalion. They had a full day of events 
uh, just the other day. Why? Just I bet most of them don't even know what happened as we were recording. Oh, uh, no, they and, and and they have a massive. In fact, I think it's even a mission. If not, uh, I know that the sister missionaries can be called to the Mormon Battalion mission there in San Diego's historic park, the Old Town Historic Park, um, where where you just serve at that uh, that. Is uh, it San Diego? Center. I thought it was like Sacramento. Nope. It is San Diego, Old Town San Diego. And you know how I know? You can get stick candy there. You go get a uh, stick candy, and then you go see the sister missionaries. But wasn't the... Oh, no, it was where Sutter's Mill, where gold was founded by a member of the... Yeah, see? Okay, that's where Don't I'm... get confused. I'm getting Don't, confused. You got confused. Now look what did. you did. I did. I confused you, you, everyone else. So Mormon Tabernacle Choir... I don't know where Mormon Tabernacle Choir is not... Okay, now I'm really getting... Yeah, now, who, now the Mormon Battalion goes to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and what happens is they have a yeah. baby that goes off to war singing. What? I don't know. That's right. I'm uh, a Mormon you, boy. That's what they're singing. That's what I am is. a Mormon boy. You have a, a story about the Tabernacle Choir, right? Well, I do. Um, so all basically, the, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir has kind of come out of their shell starting in September. We're start free. rehearsals again. Uh, but because of Omicron, they've kind of taken a step back at least till the end of January. I, there is no update whether that's going to change in February, but that they're kind of taking a step back. I think uh, I think that's wise, and I'm glad that they, they're taking safety precautions, especially since many of the members of the, the choir are on the older side, not to... Not the not, old, old side, though. I think you can no, only be in the choir until side. you're 60, right? So yeah, yeah. it's not there even in the vulnerable anyone over age 50, group. Anyone over 50 is older. <laughs> I'm almost older. I'm 47, yeah. so I'm three years away from older. Yeah, you're knocking on the door of older I right am. now, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on the door to older. It's and when take... I hit 50, I'm going to change it. It'll be 60. Sure. But until I actually hit 50, everyone who's over 50 is older. And to be fair, with you being three years out knocking on the door of older, it takes older about three years to answer the door. So you should be fine. Oh, I'm. I'm. It, it takes me at least that long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to see if they'll really stick around. See if they really want to talk to me. Uh, so Roots Tech, uh, it would seem to me that you, being the video conferencing nerd you are, would love something like Roots Tech. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, but no, <laughs> I, not your jam. I've never really gotten into family, the technology of family history yet. It is, it is poking at me a lot lately. Like in the back of my head, uh, like like you know, and I've made efforts in the past, and I think this this is the year that I think I'll I'll, I'll attend a few, partly because Roots Tech used to be an, a completely in person thing, and you had to go there. And since COVID, they've moved it all online. And I've thought, I really could take advantage of that and see if I can see if I can take myself from someone who likes the idea of family history, thinks it's cool, but not has never really done more than just kind of signed into family search and ancestry.com and done a little bit. Um, and and maybe take it to the next level, right? Uh, so um, I did get my DNA done and I recently found you can pay an extra $20 and they'll do the whole health thing. And here's what I found out this week uh, on my DNA from ancestry.com is that I'm not inclined to be uh, an athletic person. 
<laughs> I was like, I didn't need to, I didn't need to pay anyone to know that. I yeah. knew that for sure. <laughs> now, how do I, I, I guess I would be curious. How do they know that by your DNA? I think it just, there's markers that um, in your family history that kind of lead you to be, Hey, you, and things like, uh, like if you're sensitive to bitter flavors, like broccoli, like um, it'll tell you that. And it's not a hundred percent, but you're like, they'll just say things like uh, it based on your DNA, you're likely not to have this or you're likely not to have that. So there's a lot of cool interesting things you can learn. And I didn't know that. Things. The most interesting thing I learned when I did mine was that I am 1% Polynesian. Really? That's what it says. It wow. also has an, a margin of error up to 5%. So I think I probably <laughs> have fallen in there with my 1% Polynesian. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Come I, on. I, I hope when you eat a lot of, when you eat a lot of, of chicken on a, you know, and and cook you know go to hawaii you can say i'm one of you guys yeah i'm i'm a huge fan of by saying chicken i don't mean that in any way it's just that every time i've eaten at a polynesian big luau there's like a lot of chicken yeah i think it's called huli huli chicken i want to say yeah it's so good on the spit and it's amazing yeah uh roots tech going back mr (laughs) mayor you can you can register at rootstech.org uh sometime between now and when roots tech is which is the third through the fifth of march 2022 uh we'll have annette luthy lyon come in and talk to us about it because her husband i if i recall correctly he's directly responsible for the fact that over a million people went to roots tech last year there's some details, a little muddy thing in there, but one of the other panelists, her husband, highly involved in Roots Tech, so let us not speculate, but let us just look forward to enjoying something. As you mentioned, they are all online. There was an article that uh, was headlined, which Latter-day Saint Apostle will speak at Roots Tech, and then had Ulysses Suarez. No, it had and then had a oh. ginormous picture of Ulysses Suarez right underneath it and so i why just asked the question that's that is what thing. i said i don't i don't want to i don't want to you know make lds living feel bad but if you're going to do a question and that's the headline don't give me the answer in the picture that i can see you can move the picture down so you i can can't put like see. a like a take the cut the picture out with put an x on his face yeah i don't think you can put a, an x on an apostle's face i think that's I somewhere in shouldn't. the that's, yeah that's, yeah that's probably right there in the handbook yeah ever put an x on the apostle's face yeah. <laughs> ruin your re- yeah. temple recommend if you do yeah. you, you won't ever get a temple recommend yep. ever again i have a confession to make and i should oh. have brought this up at the very beginning oh i have a new friend Ooh. his name is mark and he's a jehovah's witness oh is he knocking on your door right now N- no no they don't knock doors apparently during covid I don't know how he got my telephone number, but he has now called me several times, and that's who that was. I thought I, I thought I recognized a, a phone number that came in, uh, and uh, and it is Mark the Jehovah's Witness, who, to his credit, is very kind. He's telling me about a new app the Jehovah's Witnesses have uh, to help study the Bible, which I haven't really gotten into. He sent me a link to it, but. But it is a fascinating exchange uh, between Mark and I. I'm just sort of curious as to how how it works and, you know. Well, it's it... interesting. I got a letter the other day from, well, I, I wasn't sure who it was. I'm like, it's not a name I, rec- I recognize, but it was a handwritten letter. And then I'm like, this is nearby, but it's over 
in another town. And I'm like, I don't know anyone over in that other town. So I looked up the address and it was the Kingdom Hall. Huh. And I'm like, oh, they're doing a different way of missionary work, which is cool and interesting. I didn't yeah. respond to the letter, but yeah. So I don't, I don't mean to, uh, again, tangentialize this episode. Yeah. Cause uh, I but, never, I yeah, haven't no, done anything. No, tangent. you would never, you never would yeah. do that, but, but stay tuned for, I'm hoping Mark the Jehovah's witness in the cultural hall, uh, as an episode. We'll see. I haven't warmed him up to the idea yet. I would love to hear that, especially if it's, I mean, I don't know if there's very many people who could do it as well as you. So well, I thank would you. Love, I appreciate I that. I would love to hear that. He he so far uh has led with with a similar approach to uh you know what I did when I served my mission mission, which is do you have questions that you don't have answers to and do you believe that God has the answers? That's all we've really discussed up to this point. So we'll see. Mark the Jehovah's Witness. And I and, and lest anyone think that like I'm making fun of him or his religion or anything like that, I'm not. I'm genuinely just curious as to how his practice uh, of missionary work goes, what it looks like, what it sounds like. I have uh, wh- I have two interactions with Jehovah's Witness. I have family members that are Jehovah's Witnesses, and we 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 try to keep things very much we don't talk too deeply about about it because we know that we could easily create a rift at a family event or whatever. Sure. So I have that. And then I have those experiences from my mission when we'd either knock into one or, or engage them in the, the street somehow. And they never turned out well on my mission. Yeah. So I would really, I, and I, I'm, I'm always sad about that, that, that I can't get to a better understanding and, and actually a conversation, get it to a better conversation with them uh, or any religion, really, um, sometimes. So it would be interesting to see what you come up with. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. As far as the mission goes for me, I think we ran into one, and his big catchphrase was always, I'm just trying to open your eyes, and he did. If you're watching the video, you can see me, the hand motion and the eye motion, the open your eyes. The Lord, you're being deceived, and and I'm trying to open your eyes. And I thought that was sort of a fascinating thing. So who knows? I mean, as a missionary, I ask people to be baptized in the second discussion. This would technically be a second discussion with Mark, the Jehovah's Witness, hey, had I just answered my there phone. You go. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, speaking of other uh, faiths, uh, dominate, denominations and groups, uh, there is a new pamphlet from the church talking about the similarities between the Muslims and Latter-day Saints. Um, it is a 35-page pamphlet. It's called, as you probably guessed, Muslims and Latter-day Saints, Beliefs, wow, Values, a... and Lifestyles. They don't, they don't go too crazy, uh, the mainstream headquarters church, into naming uh, things they they do it pretty well on the nose. It's available in uh, Arabic, English, Farsi, French, Spanish, and Turkish. German and Russian expected to come later. Uh, the the pamphlet can also be found in the Gospel Library if you go to Books and Lessons and then open Interfaith Relations. Uh, the resource was first mentioned by Elder Bednar and and uh, Elder Gong in a conference on Islam at BYU back in October 2021. Uh, and there's a video that has surfaced uh, on YouTube. I think it's on the church newsroom of Elder Bednar and Elder Gong talking about this pamphlet and the similarities between Muslims and Latter-day Saints. And do yourself a massive favor. Don't read the comments. 
those are your brothers and sisters that are leaving some of those comments on that video. And when we shared that post on the cultural hall uh, on our Facebook page, people got terrible. You can find us uh, at the cultural hall wherever you do your so social question media. on that though. Um, well, so when I served my mission, we were told we like if we came across Muslims, just wish them wish them good day and move on. Um, hmm. Is that is that still the case? Um, we weren't supposed to teach them. We weren't supposed to baptize them. We weren't supposed to really interact. I don't know if that was just my mission, my mission president, or if it was worldwide. Thing. Uh, in, uh, well, I can tell you that unless I wasn't paying attention, which is a possibility, uh, <laughs> that I was never told, you know, it, we were never told about any group to not teach and, and try and fellowship. So I don't know. Yeah, I'd be interested to know why. Remind me where you served? Australia, Perth mission. Huh. Perth mission. I, I wonder if maybe it's a, like a country of Australia thing. I don't know. I don't think so. I think so. We were told that. Well, I won't go into what we were told because it sounds racist yeah. <laughs> as I say it. But we were told that they couldn't join the church, that we could not baptize them, that we could actually cause them more problems than good and all, a lot of stuff. So interesting. Um, but I won't go into all the other things that were said because I, as I think about them, they didn't, they don't sound right. <laughs> but right. maybe that's post, like a post 9 11 world that was pre 9 11. I don't, I don't know if yeah. there's a difference. And yeah, there's a, you know, well, and hopefully we've come a, 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 why, a ways in the 20 plus years since you served a mission and how we treat everyone. But it's unfortunate that was the case uh, and fortunate that now we have this pamphlet. Because for me, I, I don't know very much about, uh, about Islam, about Muslims. I, I know very little. Well, I'm going to go read this pamphlet. and I've heard about it this week or beyond, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm planning on it. I have a dear friend who's a Muslim. And I and he used to live in Utah. He now lives in Canada. But it'd be interesting to see his pers perspective on, it. especially he lived um, among the members of the church for quite a while. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what his perspective is on that. What else you got? So you know how there's some there's been over the years slight revisions to the Book of Mormon from time to time. Sure. Um, I mean, from the very beginning to, to, to now breaking it out into verses, it wasn't originally broken out into exactly verses, yeah. for example. There's just, and you can go back and tra trace those. And there's several places online you can trace it. Well, there's another media um, entity called the Book of Mormon that was on Broadway. And it is also going through some revisions. So uh, the Book of Mormon, the Tony Award winning musical by Trey Parker, Matt Stone of, and Robert Lopez will resume performances this uh, in November of this. Oh, sorry. They did res resume performances, but they did it with a revision of their. In fact, um, there is an audition right now in uh, for February 25th, uh, February 5th of 2022. And it's called the Book of Mormon Revised. Hmm. Um, so there's going to be some auditions on February 5th. So if you're in New York and you want to be part of that show, um, it's going to be at the Eugene O'Neill Theater. But anyway, the, it is called the Book of Mormon Revised. And so from what I understand, um, post-COVID, especially post uh, some of the the depicts the racial depictions in it, um, ha, ha, some of the actors have signed a petition to have some revisions and rewrites to maybe be a little less 
confrontational racially. Um, and here's the thing. I, I've never had the opportunity to see it. I've mm. listened to the music. I've read the synopsises. I've read as much, you know, but I haven't seen it. So, and I understand probably a little bit what they meant, but some of it might be even more so when you're in the theater, what sure. they mean by the depictions against that. But um, but how they depict African-Americans or ha- Africans, actually, not African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've gone in and revised that. So I would be interested to know if anyone has seen the revision or if it if they do, what those revisions are. I'd be interested to know hmm. kind of how that comes out. So. Yeah, I've seen the original uh, and... You know, the fact that that uh, like racial groups were offended, it, I mean, it makes sense. And the fact that members of the church that go and see it are offended, well, it makes sense. Um, they're, they're, they are in the business of being offensive to folks. Uh, there are some Matt catch- Stone and Trey Parker, really? Yeah. I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, 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 but Robert Lopez, I want to say he's uh, responsible for the music in Frozen and several other things. A very talented uh, songwriter. He and um, I think he had a partner in that as well um, that have written many, many, many songs that people love. So I don't know. I, 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 was, I knew that they had talked about doing a different ending, but I did not know that it was running already. And the way that the, that the story read, it sounded almost like they're doing it with the old ending right now with the promise that they would change it. So I don't know what that new ending is. I know that if it hasn't launched yet, it's super secret. So we'll have to chase that down. Yeah, so apparently they're out. auditioning towards redoing the ending. So Oh, called. so maybe man, maybe the show hasn't opened, reopened uh, at the UNL since um, since COVID. Who knows? Who knows? Yep. Don't know. Don't know. It's hard to tell from the but the audition notice is for February fifth, twenty twenty two. Audition. I will audition. Yeah, go audition. Okay, I'll go. Stop begging me. You know, uh, I there's nothing that I love more than a precursor to a meeting when you know you're going to have a meeting at work. What am I talking about? Oh, well, this last week it was announced that. Uh, all church educational service, I'm sorry, church educational systems employees, all new employees who are members of the church are required to hold a temple recommend and be worthy of said temple recommend. Uh, it is not retroactive for those that are uh, members of the church and who work in the church educational system. Uh, it is moving forward. And, and so I fall in that category. So here Should is, I asked? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're welcome to ask. I don't have to answer. Uh, But all that to say, um, so we will be having a meeting this next week, no doubt, explaining what this policy is. And and as I understand it, the encouragement for uh, those that are members of the church who were hired before they made this change that don't have a temple recommend, obviously, to have a a temple recommend um, and, and... uh, updating this policy, they say, reflects the unique role of CES in the church and in the lives of the students. The CES institutions are unique among educational institutions. Central to the effort of CES is our mission to develop disciples of Jesus Christ who are leaders in their home, in the Church of Jesus Christ, and in their communities. That's Elder Clark G. Gilbert, former guest of the Cultural Hall and Church Commissioner of Education. He says, No institutional decision is more important to us than selection of employees, including faculty as it has the greatest potential to impact our students. So so the only question that I have around this is, 
and and you know I'm I'm a member of the church. I don't currently have a temple recommend, but only because I moved and I halfway through the process and didn't firm it up and haven't gone to the temple. So you know all of those things. I could get one you're today. The, you're in that logistical. Yep, I could get one today. Everybody, calm down. Well, I probably couldn't go in today because you have to meet with bishop and then the stake president. But I could basically get one today, everyone. I, I'm living my life in accordance. Not that it's any of your business, but I'll tell you. Uh, well, good. The, I didn't uh, have to ask. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you and everyone else, a little bunch of busybodies, want to know. I just want, you know. But but it's worth a declaration, so I'm not coming from a place where it's like, hey, this is unfair to me. I'm in the club. I do the thing. The thing that is curious to me about this is the financial requirement of temple attendance, of temple recommend holding. That's the thing that makes me go, well, that's sort of an odd work requirement, because essentially, if I can take all of God out of it, and you never should with tithing, but if we can just boil all that out and say, if you work here, let's call it video conferencing company, Andrew, if you Mm want to work at this video conferencing company, we will hire you. You just have to give us 10% of what you make. (laughs) It is. That feels a little odd. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I can also understand why a temple recommend holding whatever the current standard is for that is what they'd want to have with that. But I also, it would probably be hard as someone who joins BYU, you know, or CES or whatever, and something, they have a faith crisis or they go, I mean, that could be, that could be a major change in their lives literally i have a faith crisis so now i have to go look for another job i'm not saying that they shouldn't do that i'm just saying i can see that that that's that's a hard thing you you almost want to make sure that you're pretty sound in your faith before you and which is probably why they're they're doing it as well you want to be pretty solid in your testimony and sound in your faith before you get a job at a church education systems place anyway yeah, but it but it's a difficult place to be in because how many of those that have been firm in their faith have had a faith crisis, absolutely. right? I mean, yeah, abso- you, you do absolutely. your best, you do your best not to you know, not to have those, but I don't think anyone ever is like, you know, this year I was thinking about losing weight, but instead a faith crisis is on the docket. Let's yeah, I go think, there, you know. I did I woke up a few years no, it's kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I really need to to solidify my myself as a faith crisis. I need a good faith crisis. <laughs> and and so it becomes a difficult situation, yeah. I think, that if your if your paycheck, your family's welfare, I don't mean like welfare like subsidies and stuff like that, but the welfare of your family is based on your adherence to this. I wonder what kind of legal thing is is do you think there's any kind of legal thing that yeah. could go on behind that? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just yeah. Yeah, my my speculation is one of, of of two things around that. One, which is, you know, is that legal? And I don't know. I mean, I guess right. Private employer, they can do whatever they want. Maybe I don't. I I, I guess obviously the church is no dummy. They're not like, oh, Richie Bright brings up a good point we hadn't considered. I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure they have no lawyers. Yeah, I'm going yeah, over I'm anyway. sure that they are fully aware of what that would like. Curtin like. McConkie's all over this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but um. But the second the second part of it to me is I think, well, could this maybe be some sort of signal that 
the full tithing is uh, maybe on the docket for Ooh, is this for changing. another is this another Richie 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 calls out thing? Yeah, I don't know. I think we should have a place on the web page or on the Facebook page that like puts up your predictions hmm. that we that we track. Yeah, like yeah. your Moroni temple. Yeah, because there are no. So we can hold it into temples. your hold it up to you and say when it when it's right or wrong. You can sure. you can like yeah. I think that 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 would be a good place. Good be- to because t- to that point, um, you know, paying tithing, I believe to be a uh, uh, you know ordained by God, something we should be doing, right? Yeah. But does it when you look at it like uh, hey, you have to pay this money to get in here? There's something that feels a little bit uncomfortable to me about that. And some people will say, No, listen, it's just the commandments, just like anything else. And okay, I'm willing to go there with you, but are you willing to come with me where it's like if you don't pay, you don't get to play? That feels Yeah. There, I mean, there's I think some there's level of uneasiness that. about it for me. There's I think that I think I think there's always that because because tithing is both a spiritual law and a and a financial i mean it's it's ba- i mean you're dealing with actual finances right and and finances are so important and tied up into so many other parts of our lives that it's it's really hard to separate them and so i don't care whether you're talking just straight normal paying tithing the first time um a, 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 you know investigator hears about it or someone hears about it that same feeling has to be part of that, right? Mm-hmm. And you mean if I'm going to be baptized into your church, I'm going to have to pay you ten percent? There, I mean, so I mean, it, it it starts there. It 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 continues on up. Now it's like, okay, so if I'm going to be employed here, I've got to pay. T- yeah, I mean, it it starts to definitely feel that way. So I'm definitely willing to go there with you. Yeah. It definitely feels uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't know what. Or if it should ever change, but um, sure. from a, I think it's, I think that you can always make the comment that you break it spiritually and temporally and and separate them that way. But I don't know. Eventually, they're they're connected, right? It's like yeah. the word of wisdom. Like there's God gives no God gives no um, commandment that is temporal in nature. It's all spiritual in nature. But He's asking you to do some very physical things. Not drink, you know drink not drink not smoke not um take coffee tea whatever so i mean you eventually get to um some very physical things even though there's some spiritual nature to it and it, it's interesting yeah um yeah. i don't have any other than saying all that i i have no idea yeah <laughs> and and lest anyone come at me i went online and i did my payment for the month of january today so it's not like i'm saying rally and don't do this i'm you know I'm, I'm yeah, you Patreon thing. people. He's putting up a receipt. Right? No, I'm just yeah. I'm, no. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm part. I'm part of the group. It's just something that that I get curious and think about. Not only how other people within the church, but other people without the church consider those things. So, as it is, uh, this is kind of cool. I really, really love uh, the Joseph Smith Papers Project, 
And the latest volume, uh, uh, I won't go into this too much uh, because hopefully it is a future episode of the Cultural Hall. I've contacted the history department of the church uh, and in particular Robin Jensen. So if anyone knows Robin Jensen, uh, he is featured in the videos prominently about the latest volume. Um, But it is the photographic record of the original Book of Mormon manuscript. So I want to talk to him. I want to see it. I want to be able to see it. You can see a lot of this stuff online with the Joseph Smith Papers Project. Uh, the The book has been pieced back together with what remains of the original Book of Mormon manuscript, and it's published a 755-page book titled Revelations and Translations, Volume 5, Original Manuscript of the Book of Mormon. So hoping to get Robin Jensen. I'm really excited about I'm really excited about that. And I'm also really excited... The Joe Smith Papers project has been this from the beginning, but and it just every every time they come out with a new volume and a new thing, it's like it just it it's just that better, that much yeah. better. And my hope is, you know, like I think I think for some people, as the as as the internet, as especially as the internet has come out and people really see what you know the the history of the church is with an un unwhitewashed you know i think i think uh i think it's so much better that we are like literally just laying it all out there and it's going to take time to get it all laid out correctly in the right way and everything else my hope is that that in 20 years from now that won't be the stumbling block i i can totally see that the the stumbling block might be with the content that's actually in there that's still going to be someone's stumbling block or my stumbling or someone else's stumbling block that's okay because that's always, you know, I mean, the con- what I hope is not the stumbling block is the fact that we were told this mm-hmm. and it was true, but we didn't know this, this like, like the first vision, right? Right. Uh, we were told this is the story of the first vision. This is the only story of the first vision. And then there's how many versions of the first vision. Right. And right. for me, as I've read them, I, I, I don't have a problem with them, but, but just, the fact that some people were felt like they were told this and it was it was more there was more to it than just that that throws them and i'm so i'm really really grateful the church is opening these things up and and i think this will be a a, a big one i mean you'll be able to see the manuscript you'll be able to see what he's written I, i'm sure there'll be there's always things that when you look behind the curtain there's 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 something that you you didn't expect this grand vision of what you thought it was was different than what it was, and so there's always some reconciliation to that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future as they open the open this up more and more and, and lay it all out because I, I really think it's great. Well, and when you look behind the curtain, you find that the Wizard of Oz is but, just a man. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Joseph Smith is just a man. Yeah, Wizard of him. And that's that's a good analogy. That. So. What else do you have? There is so um, you know, there's a Latter Day Saints a saint that um, was dealing with Crocs. Dealing Not, with Crocs makes it sound like he's pulled over on the side of the road and has a, a trunk deal, full of Crocs. Dealing. No, no, he's right. So Latter Day Saint runs in Crocs. At, he's a former R- Russian Olympian. He's a member of the church. He served his mission in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, he he got home and 
he's running and do, competing in a half marathon in Crocs. But apparently this is not new. Before he left on his mission in 2017, his whole family, um, and there's a bunch of them, five or six of them, they've, they've made it a family thing to run in Utah Valley half marathons and other events in Crocs because to support a large family, buying running shoes at that level um, is really expensive. Mm-hmm. And Crocs was a great alternative and it's worked really well. So this it's on LDS, uh, LDSliving.com. They have this whole story about it. It's quite cool that they basically uh, become a running family. And 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 this Benjamin Pachev, I'm sorry if I, I, I said that wrong. I totally did. Um, he is now again back home from his mission and running in Crocs, and apparently he's a he's a former Russian Olympian. Um, oh no, there's a former Russian Olympian who might uh, start following their example. So anyway, uh, awesome stuff. Uh, read LDSLiving.com. LDSLiving.com. Latter Day Saint runs in Crocs. Okay. Okay. So as we came around to the end of the story, he's not actually an Olympian, but an Olympian might run in Crocs. Is that what that I understood? Is, that is correct. I said it wrong at the beginning. And come on, Mr. Mayor, ex- set an example and a, a Russian Olympian. And we're, I'm trying to find. We're not going to let you be the mayor of the cultural hall if you keep I doing know. things How like that. How can I do that? If I say if I do the whole bait and switch thing, but what if I do the bait and switch thing because I stumble on my words and I don't mean to? Nope. <laughs> not allowed. Oh, it's over. It's too, over. Too bad. Uh, speaking of leadership, this was interesting. From the first week of uh, the Utah legislature, uh, Senate President Stuart Adams, he opened up the session unmasked because, you know, you can't tell him what to do. He's a member of the church. He said, hey, you know what? I've tested negative. Nope. He had tested positive twice <laughs> in the same day. And there he is on the opening day of the legislature, which, by the way, super spreader event. Uh, and then you see a picture of him shaking Elder Gong. Yes, that Elder Gong's hand on the day that he tested positive for COVID. Uh, Elder Gong, for of course, him. has a mask, is, you know, being respectful to his fellow man. Stuart Adams, not, doesn't care. He doesn't care. When they, uh, the I think it was the Salt Lake Tribune said, hey, you know what? Uh, these, these records about him testing... Uh, positive. I think that they can fall under something that we can get access to. Sure enough, got access to the fact that he tested positive two times in the same day and decided to be unmasked and just go party. Because what? It doesn't matter. It's just like the flu. So he knew the flu. He knew and he just said, I'm negative anyway. He yes. Just, uh, well, you know, maybe he was a false positive twice. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> that that whole like uh, being honest uh, uh with your fellow men, it, I mean that's not that. That's not what he no. didn't do. No. No, uh, that's No, no. I mean Well, doesn't that wait a minute. Uh, doesn't isn't there a caveat unless you're in politics? Yeah, yeah. Be honest with your yeah. fellow men. According to politicians, yes. I'm a pol- you're a politician then do whatever the crap you want. Yeah, send the hate <laughs> send the hate mail. I think that if you test positive and you go out in public knowing that you have tested positive i think that you're a crummy person and yeah, i'll ho- I, and i'll hold that judgment for forever right if you don't know i'm willing to give you that sort of leniency right i think that if you feel crummy you should get tested and all those things but if you I knowingly that's true with anything i covid19 let's say let's go back let's let's rewind 
two years and pretend COVID-19 doesn't exist. If you have the flu. Yeah. And you know, you have, and the you flu. know, you have the flu and you go to a big place where you're going to, just going to give it to everyone. Yeah. That's a problem. Like, yeah. 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 You are a crummy person. I'll say it. You're not going to say it. You are a crummy person. Don't be a crummy person. Yeah. That, don't do crummy things. Even if you're not a crummy person, other than that, yeah. don't do, don't do, dumb things yeah and, and, and walk that out thing. a little bit well what if they needed to get food and they couldn't get food if they didn't go to the grocery store themselves okay do you think that's what i'm saying do you think i'm saying no, no they need to starve and any of those things but i am like, saying on like a basic level care about other people in humanity and don't be a jerk my uh, i was sick on i was traveling i was in denver and I got really sick. This was not during COVID. This was well before COVID. And I debated, I like my company's like, you got to go home. And I'm like, do, do I go home and get on a plane and get everyone sick? But I wore a mask and everything. I made sure, I made sure this is Southwest that when I sat down on that, no one wanted to sit by me. <laughs> no one did. Yeah. Luckily it wasn't that full of a flight, but I didn't know how else to get home. I needed to get home so I could get better. Right. And and sure enough, when I got home and got tested, I had the flu um, and I was sick for about four or five days. Um, that that was a that was one that I really struggled with. Do I get on that plane to get home? And I didn't know any other way to do it. So I did. And I just tried to make make it make it very clear to everyone around me and do my best, uh, you know, to not, you know, pass it as much as i can even though i always worry my i probably did i probably passed it to someone but anyway it's the flu but so let me circle around about it if at all possible try not to be a crummy person yeah yeah there we go um, I thought this was kind of an interesting thing. There is a documentary where I will be talking to the uh, maker of said documentary about who killed Joseph Smith. Ooh, I'm interested about that. His claim is that it's an inside job. Oh. It was someone within the church. Uh, as I understand it, though, I don't know for sure. Uh, he actually, his membership with the church is sort of uh, no longer there. I don't want to spread things because I don't know that for sure, for sure. But um, his standing, that is uh, the the uh, author of this documentary, his name is Justin Griffin. Uh, I'm not sure that he's a member of the church anymore, and I think it's because of said documentary. I'm curious as to his claims. He is a researcher. He's not a historian, so he doesn't have the education behind it. He has his self-education. Um, it is one hour and 38 minutes long. It's called Who Killed Joseph Smith? And it will likely be an, a future episode of the Cultural Hall. And why, you ask, why would I give that guy a platform? Why would I let him come on and be able to, to talk about it? I think you need to talk. Because yeah. I think it's fascinating. I'm not going to say, hey, tell me, because now I'm going to believe this, you know, you know, open open and minded and everything like that. I I just want to be able to have the conversation of like, what started you on this path? Why do you think that it is this way? Why does the why why if this is the case, why would the church want to hide it? What, you know, what's new now? Like all of those things that go around it. So when people come at me for that episode in a future date, know that it is strictly curiosity. And I think it's newsworthy, though. Yeah, I mean, and if it, you don't with, want and if the... you don't want that kind of material in your life, don't listen to it. Don't listen to that episode, but it, I think, 
I think it's worth worth understanding maybe the, his point of view and maybe you know I I I, I would be upset if you didn't do it, Richie. That's how thank, I, you. thank you, thank you. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, so there's uh, so there's a film crew that has followed uh, uh, a missionary around in his Finnish uh, Finland mission, mm-hmm. and they've done a documentary. It's called The Mission, um, and it uh, follows. And it's it's unprecedented. the The missionary department has allowed a non LDS film crew to follow this missionary around through his mission and and interview them and 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 uh, I haven't seen it I'm really interested in seeing it I'm I'm reading I've read a little bit about it and it looks like they've done a they've tried to do a really good job of basically keeping everything in a very basic flat chronology um, so that you can then take what you see and determine how you feel about how you feel about it as opposed to trying to trying to put it in there but what's interesting about it and what i think is fascinating i want to see it because i think it it affects even goes you know uh, what i know of other mission but even my own um this is his name's elder tyler davis who's it's about he's he experiences serious depression and ends up coming home uh, about nine months early hmm. and he has severe anxiety at times but he also has some really good experiences too so it's not it's not that he he has a terrible time the whole time on his mission but it does bring up some of his his depression and anxiety and i had early on in my mission i had severe anxiety that separation anxiety that still lasts now hmm. i struggle with from time to time even now and i i just say i travel for work right i have yeah. separation well, guess what? I do. I have separation anxiety and I travel for work. So in, in the first time I became aware of this was on my mission when I was literally just dragged across to the other side of the world, you know? And so it, it's really interesting to me. And I'm, I would be really interested to see. And apparently they, I was reading about it. It looks like they even interview him and, and he has a, a mission therapist, which I didn't even know they had. Oh yeah. I know they didn't have that. in when I was, on my mission, but that seems like a cool thing that they have. They have mission therapists that can actually help these missionaries who are going through that because I'll definitely didn't have that. I had, I had, uh, my companion. <laughs> some of them are not really great about it. No, not very therapeutic, huh? No, no, yeah. no. So some of them. And so you just kind of learn to deal with it. Anyway, I, I, I just think it's really progressive and cool that they're allow that and that it, it, and and truthfully, I hope it does a lot because I think in the last, since my mission, it has changed significantly the perception of someone going home early, but it hasn't changed enough right. to make it make it not a stigma. Sure. And I think I think uh, I think we're a long way still. It's much better. Like <clears throat> I remembered the I called my dad because I was I really was. I really was feeling like I just need to go home. And my dad asked me to just, he says, you come home, you do whatever you need to do. Just give it two days, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was to, by the end of those two days, I was good. And, uh, you know, not that it was the perfect thing the rest of my mission, but, uh, you know, that, that was that. But, um, but the, one of the things that really I struggled with was I, I didn't want to show my face if I came home. Sure. And, and I'm like, sure not, I just don't think that, 
because I didn't, there was nothing wrong other than this anxiety. And so this, uh, this feeling shouldn't exist. And it, I think we're something like this might be, go a long way to helping people understand uh, that it's not always, you know, that you failed from your mission. In fact, I think one of the lines from that is that um, it, his mission president talks about when he goes home that it, it, it does not mean he failed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people would take that home with them regardless, you know. So I, I hope it, it really helps and, and and adds to the, the conversation. Yeah, the biggest change I've heard in that is when, when and some would question whether or not you need to even ask the question, did you serve a mission? But that you say, you know, if you're saying something like that is, you know, did you serve? Yes, I did. And that's the end of that conversation. Not how long, not, you know, you know, all the time. Things did you like serve that. honorably? That yeah, was did a you question serve honorably? Yeah. Often that came up when I was younger. Uh, did you serve an honorable mission? Yeah. That was a, that was a, a question that came up from time to time. Yeah. So uh, how many more news stories do you have? I have just one kind of general musing one. Uh, Let, let's hit it up because I'm going to do a, a bunch of little ones and we'll wrap this sucker out because we're about at time. Sounds good. So in The Economist, um, the question was asked, can Mormonism thrive as a global religion? And and the question come came up um, talking about, and, and it, it, a lot of people might think of it as negative, but they're in, in a lot of ways, they call it the McDonald's model, this idea that you know the church can be recreated in town after town and city after city and it's nearly the same thing and and eventually as you get through the the western world does really well and it's still and it's done well throughout the world but the question comes up can that one size fits all style you know same hymn books in every place can that continue or will there need to be um some adaptations that apply to um to every different culture and and some changing and and it's pointed out and i i I think it's cool that it's you know the new hymn book is likely going to change that's going to help things but also much of the 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 new and new handbook of instructions very recently come out instructing different ways that you can have music and 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 you can actually change things culturally and so you see in the beginnings of that and and i I just think that that's it's cool that it's being commented on and i'd be interested to see what other people think from the culture hall can't can we just keep going with the same way we've been doing where it's basically the mcdonald's model or do we need to kind of even as mcdonald's has done make make adjustments as we you know you don't go to mcdonald's in india and buy a hamburger Right. It's mm-hmm. probably something different over there. So anyway, just, just a question. For that. Listen, if it gets me a McLobster roll like I got in Maine, I will. I will do. Do they have McLobster oh, yeah. rolls? Oh, my gosh. And they're phenomenal. So state to state. They're different. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In uh, Hawaii, you can get the spam at the McDonald's, all the things. Well, I didn't know you could do that at McDonald's in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I knew in Australia you could get the Australia burger, yeah. which the Australia burger was weird. It was a burger with a fried egg on it. Okay. With shredded cheese, not okay. normal cheese, and two beets, two red hmm. beets. That's their that's a big deal in, in Australia. 
It doesn't sound terrible. It does doesn't sound, sound good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick news stories. Remember the Ogden father that uh, allegedly assaulted his son for not wanting to serve a mission? I well, do. he has a trial date, so we'll, that's all we'll leave that at. If uh, you want to find more information, you can find the link for all this and all stories at theculturalhall.com. Dad, kid says, I don't want to serve. Dad says, oh, no, you didn't. And a la Homer and Bart style, an assault him out. allegedly occurred. Uh, there is a BYU grad Latter-day Saint who is running for the governor of Massachusetts. Chris Doty is his name. Uh, he is... Um, Announce he has announced uh, that he is running for governor. He's a businessman in Rentham, Massachusetts. Uh, he served as a missionary in southern Argentina, is a graduate of Harvard's business school, got his MBA. He has six children, four grandchildren, and um, he is a moderate who will be competing against Jeff Deal, a conservative former state lawmaker who was previously endorsed by President Donald Trump. And then, depending on if he goes on, he will face uh, in the primaries the uh, the Democratic Party hopeful, which include Attorney General Mara Healy, Danielle Allen, and Sonia Chang-Diaz. So he is a Republican. Uh, running for governor of the state of Massachusetts. Uh, Sean Bradley, you know who that is, I, I would imagine, Mr. Mayor? Mm-hmm. I seven, met him Seven high. foot six. He's huge. Yes. Uh, he was the number two NBA draft pick back in 1993. Um, not, I don't know that everyone remembers this or knows this, but he was in a bicycle accident in St. George and is now a quadriplegic, meaning that he's lost the sensation and function from the top of his ribcage down including his hands and also his forearms. And he was recently featured in Sports Illustrated. I am going to be going to St. George in a couple of weeks, and I hope to be able to sit down with Sean Bradley. But if Ooh, if that doesn't work out, you should check out that Sports Illustrated uh, article. Very fascinating. Uh, from not only how he has you know overcome kind of the mental and maybe spiritual struggles that have come about this, but also just like the physical things about being a seven foot six quadriplegic. They don't typically make things in seven foot six dimensions. So he talks a little bit about that as well. And then leaving it on this, uh, just the immense amount of uh, devastation and destruction in Tonga, which if people don't know, uh, the country with the most members of the church, the highest percentage, I should say, not most, uh, 63% of Tonga is of record of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, the, uh, the First Presidency said and sent the following letter. We're praying that the Lord will pour out blessings on each of you, that your hearts may be calmed and strengthened, that your families and homes may be restored and refreshed, and that your communities may be peaceful and beautiful again. We will stand with you over the coming months to assist you as you recover and you rebuild your usual faith in Christ warm smiles, and neighborly love. And there are many links at theculturalhall.com. If you continue to look for ways in which you might help the people of Tonga, uh, you can click on those and be able to make monetary donations. You can put together kits as part of young men or young women or Relief Society or priesthood uh, meetings, etc. They need help, and we should be the ones to help them. Here we go, Mr. Mayor. Are you ready for this? We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. And that you'll all go home in safety. Uh, and that if you weren't healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. 
on the back row. Oh, I forgot the people. Hang on. In the meantime, Rick McGee, Brother Brent, uh, Debbie Wanless, Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, and Miracles. See, I told you so. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the Cultural Hall. Of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be 